Hello and welcome Network Insiders. This is your host, Janine, and we have an exciting conversation today around Secure Access Service Edge, better known as SASE. With increases in hybrid work and hybrid cloud adoption, securing the perimeter has become more challenging over recent years. Did you know that last year alone, there was more than a 230% increase in cyber attacks on remote workers? A SASE strategy provides secure access from edge to edge, including data center, remote offices, roaming users, and beyond. Today, I'm joined by Cisco SASE experts, Yuval Yatskin and Rohan Nagy, who'll shed light on what SASE is, drivers leading towards its adoption, and best practices to consider on your SASE journey. Yuval and Rohan, could you please introduce yourselves and tell us a quick fun fact? Oh, I'll, I'll start. Uh, so first of all, hi everybody and hi Janine. It's a pleasure being here. My name is Yuval and I'm the Senior Director of Solutions and Product Marketing SASE at Cisco. Fun fact about me, uh, my favorite dessert is pot de creme that I've perfected and uh, I, I love to share it with others when I have a chance. Hey, my name is Rohan Nagy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Um, I'm the product manager for SASE Security Strategy in Cisco SD-WAN. I work along with Yuval. Hey, Yuval, after you sharing your uh, <laughs> uh, fun fact, I think I'm standing first in the queue uh, to try that out. Uh, my fun fact, uh, I do mountain e-biking. And that's where whenever I get time between meetings, uh, I try to get to the nearest mountain uh, with my e-bike. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I'd like to be in line to try that dessert as well. That sounds very good. Um, so thank you guys both for joining. And let's get started with the first question. So according to the new SASE addendum of the Global Networking Trends Report, of the organizations that were surveyed, 86% are either considering adopting or have already adopted SASE. But even with that high percentage, there are still some varying viewpoints on what it is. How do you define SASE? If you could both go through and share your definition of what SASE is. Sure, I'll go ahead and start. So I think there's definitely some confusion around SASE and, and we'll later touch on something called SSC. So SASE stands for Secure Access Edge. And the way it was defined by Gartner, I believe in August 2019, was the convergence of networking and security. And they included particular capabilities such as SD-WAN, CASB, firewalls as service, DNS security, uh, remote browser isolation, uh, secure web gateway, and of course, ZDNA. But to me, to really understand what it is, we have to go really go to the basics. What they're actually saying is the convergence of networking and security. In other words, both are two sides of the same coin. And here at Cisco, we take even a much, much broader view than that. And we believe that the security, the cloud security capabilities should also extend to such capabilities as XDR or threat intelligence, for example. And of course, the modern and intelligent SD-WAN that is part of it. Um, this is something that again, we're very excited about this here at Cisco as, as, as we believe that SASE is not a single product or capability, but rather a journey and an architecture and approach, if you will. Maybe a quick word about SSC because I mentioned this at the beginning. So there's also some confusion between SASE and SSC. So think of SSC as SASE minus the SD-1 capabilities. So it's really more about, <clears throat> sorry, secure remote worker and direct internet access. Both SASE and SSC 
are about empowering the hybrid work culture and that has become the norm. And uh, we are on, I think, on the verge of a very exciting journey for years to come to see how these concepts develop. But to me, eventually, SASE really encompasses both use cases. Thanks, Yuval. I think I'll just like to add or to reiterate some of the points which Yuval mentioned. SASE is not a single uh, point of product. It's not a product. It's a framework. It's a set of technologies. And when we talk about technologies, we are talking about you know, networking as a service, security as a service, in a unified fashion or a, in a unified offering. Uh, to protect the users, the devices, the data, the application, uh, basically, you know, to eliminate those uh, perimeter security or those on-prem security touch points. And the overall uh, SASE is being offered as a cloud-delivered service. So if you see SASE, secure access service edge, the secure access piece there is the security services, what you will talked about, like Secure Web Gateway, Caspi, Firewall as a Service, RBI, and the list goes on. Uh, the service edge in that SASE is the networking services. And like you will mention, there are uh, other buzzwords which are coming in, you know, or, you know, they are attached to these definitions like SDN, SD-WAN, SSE, now that's a new buzzword which has come up, which only talks about, or it's kind of a subset of SASE, which covers the cloud security uh, piece of it. Great, thank you for those explanations. And you both touched on SSE a little bit, but Rohan, could you go more into how SD-WAN can fit into someone's SASE strategy? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, so. Uh, Again, you know, the SASE, uh, it's networking and the security, and that's where SD-WAN is the key building block, the key component uh, to enable SASE. It's a foundation uh, for uh, SASE. Uh, there is no SASE without SD-WAN, let me put it that way, because if you see uh, SD-WAN, it builds up that gap or it builds up the connectivity to your resources, which are on-prem, uh, applications which are in your on-prem data center or in the regional branches or your workloads which are in the cloud. So SD-WAN will provide you with that optimized connectivity to the cloud resources or to the resources which are um, in the data center. So if you look, at, um, let me take a step back on SD-WAN and kind of give you those key pillars for SD-WAN and that's how we'll know how this overall SD-WAN software-defined wide area networking fits into the SASE. So if you see from the key pillars for SD-WAN is use any transport. That's the number one advantage of using um, SD-WAN. Bring your own uh, transport, whether it's 4G, 5G, LTE, uh, public circuits, uh, and uh, SD-WAN will abstract that uh, network device or that hardware from the software uh, piece of it so that you can leverage any transport. So basically transport independence, that's where um, SD-WAN power lies. Uh, you know, earlier a customer used to have MPLS private circuit because of the security reasons, because of the SLAs. Now what SD-WAN is saying is, hey, with any transport, WAN transport, you can leverage the power of uh, SD-WAN. Now that we have abstraction, 
from the uh, hardware uh, into the software so that we can do networking transformation with use of any transport. The second key pillar to SD-WAN is now the connectivity. Now you have the transport. Now what SD-WAN provides you by building up an SD-WAN overlay tunnel. Again, an overlay tunnel. It's not a um, uh, connection like point to point. Uh, it's an overlay tunnel where it's abstracting from the hardware. So uh, SD-WAN helps you build those VPN tunnels or SD-WAN overlay tunnel to your br other branch sites or to data center, uh, like a point-to-point -point connection or a hub-and-spoke topology or connecting uh, to the clouds where your workloads are. What it really gives you is, at the same time, it gives you the ability to segment, partition, secure your traffic. So if I have a voice, video, or a data traffic, I can segment it securely. And I can use the SD-WAN overlay tunnel to connect to my workloads in cloud or on-prem. The third key pillar is now that I have the independence of transport, I have secure connectivity, which is the VPN. Now what I believe I should be able to do is if I can leverage all the circuits, who's going to do the traffic steering for me if there is any blackout condition or a brownout condition? Blackout condition is where you know the link is completely down, or a brownout condition where the links are up, but the links conditions are really not favorable. Uh, maybe there are latency, jitter, packet loss, which can affect any application traffic. So that's where SD-WAN power comes to play. So in real time, uh, it provides you with the action where it will make sure that the SLA is for your application traffics are maintained. Sub-second failover, all those things comes to play with the traffic engineering or the traffic steering. And the last key pillar, I mean, the, uh, the, uh, the other key pillar here is when that app section is taken out from the hardware device for these networking functions like routing or networking, centralized management so i can from my centralized uh, management station i will be able to manage configure troubleshoot uh, the overall sdman network so if i have 100 branches i'm able to configure push the configuration to these 100 branches and at the same time i can do day zero day one operations so that's where sdman key role comes to play and it fits into our overall sassy story you will anything you want to add? Maybe I, if I have missed out anything on the SD-WAN piece of it. I think it's a brilliant answer, Rohan. And uh, maybe I'll just complement with an anecdote because I think uh, eventually the the foundational question is like why should companies and organizations think about SD-WAN right in in the strategy? And I want to share a quick anecdote and a story. So yesterday. I was at the San Francisco, I'm sorry, the San Jose offices of Cisco. And I was in building 19. It's, it's a pretty huge building and I was on the fourth floor. It was entirely empty. And you could see a huge space of chairs and devices. And I imagine to myself, we're pretty much seeing at the end of the pandemic right now. And any moment, maybe not this month, maybe not the other, the next month, but very soon, within probably the next 12 months, we should expect to see mass migration back into the, the offices again. And I imagine myself looking at all these desks and conference rooms, all full with people, bustling and, and conversing. And for businesses, it might be an opportunity, but it's also a nightmare. 
and everybody right now is is focused on the remote worker and yes we have some some very interesting data that shows that still many companies and many employees still see themselves working at least a couple of days from home in the new now in the new reality but still the office is going to be a huge part the networking is going to be a huge part of any organization strategy and everything you said Ron I think is on point and I'll just add to this that there is definitely an imminent need to consider this absolutely you will I think you touched on those uh, kind of a uh... Uh, working from anywhere, work from home, uh, along with uh, users or customers working from branch offices where they can leverage SD-WAN. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you guys for the explanation. And that anecdote definitely helps paint a picture of, you know, the importance of all of this. And I know there are multiple reasons for adopting a SASE strategy, but from your experiences, and this might lend into hybrid work, um, you can go further into it, but what do you think is the main reason that companies should start embarking on this SASE journey? Yeah, I'll, I'll take a stab at this. So I think in this new now, I mentioned about hybrid work. So imagine a reality where people work a few days from home, they work from anywhere across many devices, both their, their personal devices and employer's own, and their companies need to, first of all, trust those devices. So they need to know wherever their users, administrators, and customers, and employees connect, they can trust it. They expect to have a seamless experience no matter what they do, and a trusted and, and secured experience in that. And a couple more, more words about this new culture, so to speak, just to, to uh, put more details into it. Imagine a world that now the talent is really everywhere. Business priorities shift continuously. This is the world where resilience is key. And now going back to the question, when we're talking about some of the reasons that organizations should embark on the SASE journey as soon as, as, as possible, is to be ready for this, if not already. So most organizations are already uh, taking some measurements about the securing the remote workforce, but it's it's a journey. It's not just one thing that you install or one product that you install, be it security or networking, and, and you're done. And in this type of world where most organizations still have existing investments in their uh, on-prem infrastructure and they need to shift into a cloud-ready posture where many applications are now or are consumed as a service over the cloud, this type of triggers are, are immediate. And we see many, many organizations, both within the SecOps and the NetOps team, NetOps team that they are, are thinking about these challenges and how to address them. Ron, I don't know if you want to add anything to this. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. No, I think uh, you have touched based on, you know, uh, users uh, working from, um, you know, kind of everywhere, work from home, work from anywhere. Uh, there are mobile users. so. Uh, user types have increased. More and more users are working from home. So whatever securities earlier were applied on the branch sites where all the security next generation firewall was there, those are not going to play out really well because now the users have moved to home and they are working from home. So to protect uh, those users, the devices like you talk, talked about, even devices types have increased, you know, uh, consumers, customers, they have started using kind of a bring your own device. They are using their home laptops, home iPads. 
uh, office uh, laptops. Now they are accessing resources um, which is there in the data center using VPN, but at the same time, they want to access resources in the cloud. There are SaaS applications. So uh, I think those are some of the reasons uh, you know, where we are moving towards uh, the security or SASE. Uh, that's how I should kind of uh, uh, place it out there. Great. Thank you for that insight. And now that I've learned more about it, I realize my organization needs to adopt a SASE strategy. What would you say are the three must-haves for a successful SASE adoption? I'd be happy to take a stab at this as well. So I think beyond the capabilities that I think Ron and I covered, there are a few quote-unquote meta considerations that organizations need to, to take into account. One, SAS is also about vendor convergence. One of the challenges we see in organizations is they have so many vendors, so many applications. Just as an anecdote, here at Cisco, I know that for each employee, we have 3,000 or so applications that need, have to, that need to have access to. And you can think of a lot of, of holes and gaps, unmanaged devices that organizations might have. And in addition to that, if you have multiple vendors and you're getting into technical debt and trying to chase the integration cycles of each vendor and how well they work together, it creates a headache. And that is not helpful in the journey to, to resilience and, and being in continuous readiness, as, as we call it. So the first thing is vendor consolidation. Finding vendors that have clear understanding of networking and security, cloud security and, and networking security is, is essential. And a lot out there are doing one thing, but not the other. They do some of it uh, great, but that they have gaps elsewhere. And this holistic viewpoint, I think, is, is key. The second thing, as I mentioned, it's not just a one solution that you install and, and you're done. SASE is a journey. It's very important to see how serious these organizations are, these vendors are, about their investments, commitment to SASE, and what's on their roadmap, and does it make sense? Do they understand where customers are, where the market is going? Because once you buy into this, it's it's a journey, and then you have to to walk hand in hand with that with that vendor or those vendors that you you're taking with you to the to that journey. And the last but not least, SASE starts with the acronym starts with secure access but to me a huge emphasis is still on the network and the secure sd1 secure networking that to me is something that i cannot overemphasize uh, i think great points you will you touched on i think uh, one thing i want to reiterate which is really important is it's sassy is a journey it's not like a rip and replace you go to customer site and you completely rip off uh, uh, you know things out there and then just say hey you know here this is day one of sassy it's a journey you start off with uh, you know and there is no uh, kind of a, a starting point customers might have a different starting point some customer wants to start off with their security side of it there are some customer who wants to start off with the networking piece of it so uh, you know there is not uh, a saying that you know this is a good starting point i think uh, it all depends on the customer scenario where they want to 
uh, have their journey started, whether it's networking or security. Just to add to one point, what uh, you will mention, um, SASE is also about you know uh, it, 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 there is a unified approach to SASE. There is a disaggregated approach to SASE. Where when we say disaggregated, what it really means is uh, best of the breed solution. Uh, from different vendors. It's not just a, a single vendor out there which provides the unification out there. So there are sets of customer when we talk to customers that customer wants a cloud security, let's say from Cisco Umbrella. They want uh, a networking from Cisco SD-WAN or Meraki SD-WAN. So customer wants to select the best of the breed to have or to begin their SASE journey. At the same time, integration really works out uh, a key component out there um, where we can give choice to the customer or option or flexibility to the customer to select a specific use case of cloud security or networking out there. So that integration with different partners or technology partners really play an integral role in the overall SASE journey. Great. So looking at the opposite side of, you know, what can make a SASE strategy successful, how about some common misconceptions or pitfalls, things that people should avoid when they're adopting SASE? So the thinking process, uh, you know, SASE is, again, I'm, I'm saying the same point again, SASE is a journey. It's not a single point product uh, that, you know, you get one product and that's where it covers the SASE. It's an architecture framework. Uh, so some customers can start with the security journeys. The others can start with networking, depending on their um, uh, on their where they are or depending on their use case. Maybe just to add to that, I think that this is this is a great answer. Couple of things that that um, I think in the vendor selection process is making sure to Ron's point that you don't have to rip and replace. It's really important to build on what you have and make sure that the the journey is gradual and somewhat surgical. Most companies today are not ready to consume SASE in its uh, as its stated in the vision of, of fully unified and uh, fully converged. But this is what the, we're headed. This is what the future is. But to get on that future to embark, Ron mentioned, and I absolutely agree, the many entry points and there isn't a one size fits all and organizations must really think of the right outcomes that they want to prioritize and go about this journey in a very intelligent way. Thank you for those answers. And kind of now as we're wrapping up, I'd like to give it to the floor to either of you to share any final thoughts you'd like to share, um, anything else about SASE you'd like to add? Yeah, maybe just like a couple of, of, of final thoughts on my end. First of all, I really think the future is exciting. The the change that the post-pandemic changes, I think accelerated trends that, that were already in play. I think many organizations already had some sort of a remote work practice, but the, the pandemic just accelerated all this. And another thing to remember, it's it's here to stay. This is the new norm. It's actually gonna get even more so with the return to the offices. And this is the right time to embark on their journey and to think of what capabilities to prioritize, how to select the right vendors to go with you along in that journey. And it is, as I mentioned, it's a strategic decision that is not about a single product or, or a single uh, vendor per se, 
but it's also something that organization must do when they have to predict what is going to be needed in the next two, three years as in, in that type of new environment. Um, to add from my side, it's a journey. Um, SASE takes that SD-WAN model, the concept, a step further you know, by creating a unified framework of networking and security. So you cannot have SASE uh, without SD-WAN. SD-WAN is the key integral piece uh, to the overall SASE journey. And here at Cisco, you know, we are happy to uh, embark with you on that journey of uh, SASE. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for coming on the podcast today and sharing such great insight and expertise around SASE. And thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please hit the follow button. And if you're listening on the Apple Podcasts or Spotify mobile apps, leave a comment, rating, or review. And to learn more about SASE, check out the SASE Special Edition to the 2022 Global Networking Trends Report and all of the other links in the description below.